around the world and coast to coast. This is the Phil Nason Show. You're listening to AFR, the Armed Forces Radio Network. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. I am so happy to have you here. We'll be here for as long as it takes, and I have a very special guest on the line, and we'll get to him in just a moment. We want to thank Armed Forces Radio for airing the show. Without them, where would we be? And we also want to thank Bovada and the Dollar Shave Club. Hit those links, and maybe we can even make some cash from doing this show. That's always a nice thing. I'll tell you, I'm so thrilled. 2012, I was miserable. I'm thrilled that my guest is here, but I was miserable. No hockey. If you remember, I had no hockey. I had a show and a great sponsor, a national sponsor. I could have retired. Unfortunately, the NHL decided not to work, and I was ticked off at hockey. I swore I'd never even mention the word, and then I met this author. And I got to tell you, I don't remember how I met him, but I am so glad that I did. He wrote a book called Skater in a Strange Land. That was fantastic, and I didn't even miss the NHL anymore, and I was actually looking forward to the second book that he wrote, which took a while too, called The Skater and the Saint, and now four years later. It's been a while, and I'm Jonesing for Borschland. His book is out on Thursday, March the 1st. It's called The Last Phase Shift. Please welcome author and my friend D.W. Frauenfelder, you are in the house. What's up, dude? Good to talk to you, Phil. I got your name right, too, right? Thank you. You sure did. How about that? I only did about five. See, I'm terrible with names, and I'm terrible with my own name. But I'm so happy to have you here. How you been, man? I've been excellent, and I hope you have been too. I have, thanks, man. I have. We've missed you around here. These books are fantastic, and now you've got the third. It's called the Last Phase Shift. Hopefully, by the time we're finished tonight, I will have continued talked you into a fourth book. We shall see. Um, we shall see. It ain't, I know it ain't happening. I already know. I got that funny smiley face from your wife. When I talked about it the last time, and I know better now, so I'll leave it alone. But anyway, the last phase shift—it's the last one, probably. And is this the best one? I think it is. I actually think it is. And um, I—I'll apologize to you for waiting four years to uh, to get this last book out. It's okay. Uh, I had some other projects, obviously, that I had to do, mm-hmm. but um, I wanted. This third book, which I think is going to be my last one in this series, to be the best one, to be the one that is kind of the blockbuster and kind of brings everything to a, a great conclusion. Uh, it's not the tr- trilogy isn't is not a kind of a cliffhanger. You know, book one you got to buy book two, book two you got to buy book three. It's just the same characters, and but I think the story is kind of a climactic story, and I. I'm I'm actually pretty proud of what I was able to do. Well, you should be. You should be proud of the other two books, too. And I know that you are. And that was just it. You know, when I read the first one, I thought, well, if he doesn't write another one of these, I can live. This is good. I can read this over and over again. You know, because when I think it was when you told me or someone else, maybe it was Bob Mustin who, who uh-huh. sent, he sent yeah. me the book or whatever. He says, I, you know, maybe fantasy isn't your type of or your cup of tea. And I said, well, let me give it right. a try. And I was hooked, man. 
And then I have this cover that you put my uh, well, something I wrote on the front, and I was yeah. honored beyond belief. I really was, and and I'm probably one of not the biggest. I am the biggest fan outside of your blood relation. I'm sure. Yeah, I've got a couple of like my wife, my mom, you know, yeah, that type of person. I, I take the back seat <laughs> to those folks, no problem. But this is a great, great series, and if you're a fan of fantasy and science fiction, really, and something called team punk, we'll get into that. Then you got to pick up this book. Pick up all three at Amazon.com, and we'll have the link in the show notes. And I'm sure you're going to be hearing more about it. But Sherman's back. Yep, Sherman Reinhardt. God, tell us who <laughs> Sherman is. So the few people that I haven't been able to talk to about this book, who is Sherm? And he's an old dude in this book, right? Yes, he is. Uh. Uh, Sherm Sherm Reinhardt is a hockey player. He is somebody that really, really wants to play professionally. But as a lot of us know, you there's only a, so many places in professional hockey. Mm-hmm. And he finds out about this sort of mythical land that time forgot called Borschland. And he goes down there kind of on a whim to see if he can uh, hook on with the team. And it turns out to be a really good experience for him. And he becomes a star. And then he did. Dancing Bears, Phase Shifts. We'll get into what that is in a minute. i got to tell you, these books are fantastic. They're great for adults. They're great for kids. They're very friendly, easy to read, too, easy to follow, and highly believable for a fiction book that's based on fantasy. I darn near believed it. In fact, I'm ready to go to Borsland. I'm getting tired of the United States. Time to go to Borsland. I'd I'd like to go, too, actually. When's the next phase shift, dude? we got to be ready. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is that um, I wanted to make it as believable as possible, but there are talking bears. There's there's an alternate universe, you know, and uh, it's invisible to the outside world. There's just there's a lot of things that are you've got to get over and and believe uh, before you can, you know, enjoy the book. Speaking of getting over and believing, now that you brought that up, you have moved. You were in the Carolinas. We're going to talk about the Carolina Panthers in a minute. But uh, I'm sorry. Good. We're going to talk about the Hurricanes in a minute. I want to say Panthers because Cam Newton killed my fantasy team, darn it. But, That's where uh, it goes. Yeah, you know that. You do know that because you play fantasy sports, too, with your students, right? Yeah, I, it depends depends on the year, but yeah, I, I play with my students and friends. I try to do as much fantasy as I can. Oh, that's awesome. So anyway, now you're in Houston. Yes. And the Houston Astros won the World Series. Did you believe that? You just had moved there then, right? Yeah, exactly. I I made it in time for the hurricane, Hurricane uh, yeah. Harvey. Right. Yeah. And then I made it in time for the, the Astros to win the World Series and was privileged through a friend to get to go to the ALCS game six and seven. And I got to see Aaron Judge hit a home run in a losing cause, which All is right. great. Yeah, so. huh? The Judge. We don't need him. He, the Yankees are not prominently featured on this program. I'm a Mets fan, so I can't yes. really have those guys. But that was a fantastic uh, season for them. And they've only gotten better. You know, they made that great trade for Verlander last year. That was fantastic. And then this offseason, they picked up Garrett Cole. 
And I yeah. think this team is good, is actually better than what they were last season, if that's possible. Well, the amazing thing is that they they didn't have to change any personnel. They added Cole, mm-hmm. but almost all their team is so young and oh, so good that they they didn't need to make any changes. I mean, people like Bregman, Correa, Altuve, all young or in their prime, uh, which never happens. And the only thing that would, I think, stop them from getting back into the World Series this year is, um, well, not getting into the World Series in, in, in years to come is if they have to pay a big salary to a lot of those guys and they decide they don't want to do that. But um, they're set up for years. Oh, yeah. That's nuts. You know, it was really crazy. And then this Yuli Gurriel, he's, yeah. well, he's 33. But see, they have the right mix. You know, they've got some of these veterans like Evan Gaddis, for example, and Brian McCann, he's another one. Yeah. Uh, Verlander, who's pitched in World Series games. Yeah. And then they got these young guys. Can you imagine George Springer's probably one of the best baseball players in the majors, and he's making $3.9 million this year? Wow, that's that, that's speechless. That's nuts. When you consider that Josh Reddick is making thirteen million. Yeah, yeah, it's economics are crazy. They're just crazy. But, but I, I mean, you talk about Evan Gaddis being, you know, an older person. Uh, when I was in North Carolina, I would go to the Durham Bulls game. That's and right. He uh, he was rehabbing one uh, day at the Durham Bulls. I've never heard a louder foul ball than what Evan Gaddis hit. It just reverberated through the entire stadium, and it was a foul. And so, you know, he's an older guy. He's got huge pop. Um, they, they hit the jackpot. Well, they, they really hit the jackpot. When you think about this team, too, and they have Garrett Cole, who they just yes. picked up, and people were talking about him and maybe why did they do that. And, and what was interesting to me is that you sent me an email this afternoon. Yeah. You said, holy cow, he has that many strikeouts I didn't even yeah. realize. 196. Well, that's just it. But here's the thing, though, is this pitching coach there, look what he did with Charlie Morton, who was probably yep. not doing that well. I mean, he was okay in Pittsburgh. Yep. But then he got to Houston. They told him to stop throwing so many fastballs. He's throwing curveballs and sliders. And he was the hottest pitcher in baseball in September and October. And I think that that kind of thing rubs off. And I think that yeah. Garrett Cole's going to get a fresh voice, a good voice. And I, I do believe that your Astros, I guess you can call them your Astros now, right? Yeah, well, they're my American League team. I've been a Giants fan since I was a tiny kid. So National League, it's the Giants. But American League, we got the Astros now. There you go. But um, Brent Strom is your coach. Your pitching coach, and he's got yeah. Verlander, Morton, Keuchel. He's got so many pitchers. I've run out of. I just don't have enough time to call them all out because they're so good. Yeah, he's got seven seven legit starters now, and the worst is you know like Brian Peacock, who yeah Brad Peacock. Brad, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Brad. Don't Peacock. be sorry. It's okay. You're an author. You're here to talk about Sherm. <laughs> yeah, Brad Peacock is fantastic, and I told you too. I. In my fantasy, I was down in the dumps last year, and but I, I picked up Peacock, Morton, and Davinsky, uh, and I also traded for, for Carrasco, and uh, my pitching got a lot better. 
And Morton, as every single time, was like, please, please get me a win. And he did. So I was, was happy with that. Well, he was like, what, eight and one or eight and oh yeah. down the yeah. stretch? And then Verlander didn't lose a game in Houston, only one, I think. Yeah. That's that's sick. You know, they're loaded. That just goes to show you what good management can do because they tanked, they traded all their players, Hunter yeah. Pence and all those guys years ago, and they yeah. got all these draft choices and they accumulated these kids like El Tuve and Bregman and Correa and, and Guriel and Springer. Yeah. And they just got better and better and better and better and better. And you know what? Good luck to you, Houston. I think that my Texas Rangers fan base is going to be disappointed with me because I've already thought Houston should be in the final or World Series. Now, Team Punk, that's what the that's what the Borsland Hockey Chronicles are. Team Punk. What's right. Team Punk? Yeah, that's that's something I hope in a way will catch on, but not too much because I start. I started it. I'm the maybe the only person that knows what Team Punk is, even though you know I may tweet it out or something. Team Punk is a combination of sports and steampunk, and so I've got a sports novel here. It's about ice hockey. So great, great sports novel. Fine, but also the Borschland itself is this sort of this land that its technology is more like the turn of the 20th century. They made a decision a uh, hundred or so years ago that they were not going to advance in technology. And so they use steam. They use uh, something called super peat uh, for their um, for their fuel. Mm -hmm. So they and their their social situation, too, is a very formal kind of Victorian Edwardian way of doing things. And so it's it's kind of like the land that time forgot. And steampunk is is that way. It is a fantasy genre where people go to alternate universes and it's um, steam engines, airships, um, goggles, you know, weird technology that's kind of old but new. Uh, it's kind of a fun little genre to write in. So uh, I'm doing sports and steampunk, put them together, team punk. Uh, so we'll see, you know, it's uh I don't know if it's going to catch on because steampunkers tend to be not sports fans and sports fans tend not to be fans of steampunk. But hey, you know, I like it. It's original. Uh, I want to keep on doing it. Well, you know what, though? People like new things. And, and they yeah. like to think that they discovered a new thing and they're the first ones and maybe they will be. But uh, I like the idea. I like what you did. And, and why not? You are the, you're the founder of it. And that's a great thing. That's something that you can... Uh, be proud of and you should be and i know that you are and and this is just an incredible series of books i'm really looking forward to the last phase shift a lot um you know what i don't look forward to this year carolina hurricane games i wanted to call them the panthers because i just forgot they even existed there for a minute that's your hockey team now yep. but here's the thing but this is the thing though you also had the olympics this year right. and you had this book coming out at the same time yeah. How did you manage to do – what happened to your hockey this year? Well, I didn't do fantasy hockey this year. Uh -oh. That's one thing I did not do. I didn't and, either. And so um, that gave me a little bit more time. Uh, but I, it, I spent pretty much November, December, January, and I'm, I'm glad it's coming out now because there's going to be a little bit of, a, of an echo of um, talking about hockey 
in um, you know February, March, uh, going going out. But uh, and I didn't watch much of the Olympics either. I caught a little bit of the women's you know final, uh, but uh, it was it was mostly getting getting the the book completely right because this is the longest one. Skater in a Strange Land was about something around two. 250, 280 pages, something like that. This one is more like 350. So it's there's more bang for your buck there, and hopefully the story will be able to carry all the way through that whole thing. It's a it it, it was a labor. It was a it was a big big job on this one. I would think so. Now, um, didn't you have a family member help you with this editing wise? Well, my, my wife is very good at editing, and one of the things that happened in November and December was she said, you know, you're off track with this one part of the book. You need to revamp it. And I did, and it took, it took a fair amount of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I think it's better because of that. It would have been a lot longer, a book, and I don't think it would have been better. So... Um, she does a great job with it. And I have a, a friend uh, I'd like to shout out to named Richard Abbott, who is an author himself. And he is fantastic with just, he's just a Renaissance man. And he helped me with the technology part of it. Uh, because in this book, the phase shift, uh, which is kind of a strange little thing that I dreamed up. Mm-hmm. He helped me with the, with the physics part of that, with the actual science fiction plausibility part of that. Wow, I'm and looking forward to that. So, so I think um, that is going to um, be be a good good. If you know you, you like science fiction, you like kind of the sciency part of science fiction. There's going to be something in there there for you as well. So yeah, but I wouldn't let people. I would don't let any of that scare you away either. Uh, you yeah. you out there, I'm serious because I would not have read it if I knew what it was. I mean that. <laughs> I, I just wouldn't have. I'm not into science fiction hardly at all. I, I the closest thing is Star Trek, and right. uh, that's a long time ago. But I got to tell you, uh, I gained a new appreciation. I got it because I thought it was a hockey book, and and mm. th- that's just it. And, and it turned into something so much better. And and that's the great thing. And you folks out there with kids, this is perfect to get them to read. Who doesn't want to read about talking bears? And uh. Who doesn't want to read about sports? And like David said, you got a, a combination of steampunk and team punk. You got them all, dudes. So get the book. Amazon. D.W. Frauenfelder is his name. He is here to talk about the last phase shift. And now we're going to talk about your hurricanes. What happened to your hurricanes? They used to be good. Yeah, they used to be good about 10 years ago. They well, that's won what the, I mean. The Stanley Cup in 2006, mm-hmm. which, you know, I never thought that I was going to be in a city with a Stanley Cup winner because I come originally from uh, Bay Area, California. Right. And uh, I left before the Sharks came and I just thought, well, I'm, I'm not going to ever going to be. But then I was living in North Carolina and the hurricanes came down from Hartford and they were bad for about five years. But then they kind of got lightning in a bottle with Eric Stahl and uh, Cam Ward, and they they got it. And I was, you know, it's like, now I can die. I've got a Stanley Cup winner, you know, <laughs> in my in my uh, my fan situation. Right. Uh, but since then, 
the, the next year, I believe they went to the playoffs or the year after that. And then they have not been back to the playoffs since then. And in fact, um, a guy on Twitter just tweeted out this um, chart with the players with the most number of games played uh, that um, without a playoff game, without being in a playoff game. And Jeff Skinner, who's probably their best player, mm-hmm. was was at the top of that list. It was over 500 games uh, without a a playoff game. So. Wow. You know, wow. <laughs> but I gotta say, Cam Ward's having a good year. His, his goals against is under three. Scott Darling's had a little bit of other issues, but that team is tough. It, it, in a tough spot, yeah. I should say. It, I mean, the thing is, though, is they didn't do anything at the trade deadline. A lot of fans are upset about that. Yeah, I think when you you know what happens is you get these get a Stanley Cup winner, and you just got there. Really, you get a Stanley Cup winner. And the young people start to follow the team, and then all of a sudden they stink. And, and now the kids don't want to watch them anymore. And that's okay. I wouldn't want to watch them either. Instead, here's what you do. You go to Amazon.com, <laughs> and you get these books. There's three of them in the series, but you don't need to read three of them to understand any of them. And that's the genius behind this series. But I would suggest you begin with Skater in a Strange Land, because that's my all-time favorite, period. I mean, that... That took over for On the Road. Jack Kerouac is my favorite author, and On the Road was my favorite book until Skater in a Strange Land came out. And now it's totally Skater in a Strange Land. Sorry, Jack. (laughs) Thanks. So you got to come out here and get these books. I'm serious. And then what we're going to do is in a year or so, after David starts to miss Borsland again, we'll get him to write a fourth one. What do you think about that? Well, I'm I'm definitely not finished with the land that Borschland is in. It's it's on a continent with seven different countries. Right. And so um, there's I I just did a, a little book called um, Sherm Reinhardt and the Black Rose, which is a short story collection, and there's a story about Sherm going to a different country on that continent, uh, and that's a Kindle book, and uh, I really enjoyed writing that. But uh, I'm going to be concentrating on the other countries in that continent, and especially Bearland, which is where the talking bears live. Right. And and I I've got another short story that's going to find a home somewhere uh, about about bears. But uh, that's kind of where I'm going to kind of move on to. But if I get an idea for for hockey with Borschland, I'm going to absolutely write it because you know why not? Why not? Now, you're talking about these other countries in Borschland. Are these countries, do they have hockey too? Is that how that works? And maybe you can come up with a whole new thing for these countries, another yeah. hockey teams. Well, they all play, they, they all play hockey. Right. They do all play hockey, not as well as Borschland does. Borschland is the best hockey nation on that continent. Of course it is. Uh, but they all play, they all play hockey, but there's... All different sports. You know, I want to kind of, I want to do a lot of different sports if I can. Soccer is big in that continent, and also the Bears play a game called Saki, which is a combination of soccer and hockey. Right. And I just, for to me, the Bears are are kind of humor uh, because they they're just, I don't know, I like them. 
I like to write about them. They're, they're funny, but they're serious. They're, they're very um, spiritual. You know, like they're, they're talking bears and they're spiritual. And also they have a great attitude towards humans because they kind of think of humans as being a little bit less, you know, mature than they are. Like they're more civilized than the humans are. And Which so is probably true. Up. They've probably been to New York <laughs> or Oklahoma City for sure there. And, yeah, but I hear you. I no got problem. it. And I got to tell you, these books are fantastic. I mean this, folks. You got to get to Amazon.com. This sounds like an infomercial because, well, maybe that's what it is. Skater in a Strange Land. That's the first one. That's my favorite of all time. My second favorite, Skater and the Saint. And my new favorite, if I ever get it, is The Last Phase Shift. And I got to tell you, there's a couple others in this thing. Sherm Reinhardt and The Black Rose I have not read yet. We're going we're gonna to sort that out when we hang up the phone here, or prior to, and Tales of Borsland. So you've got them all. And they're so, they're inexpensive, they're easy to read, they're clean, and your kids will love them, you'll love them, and you'll have something to talk about besides whatever else it is you talk about at the dinner table. There you go. I'm becoming an infomercial guy. Did you know that? Yeah, we, we need to sell some uh, knives now, I guess. Oh, no, I have to sell some fantasy baseball draft guys. Lenny Melnick Fantasy oh, Sports, we have those too. But uh, you have to get over there and get that. I wrote the DFS portion. But you talk about different sports. Now, the Olympics were just now. And the one thing people were kind of complaining about was uh, the NHL guys were not there this year. Is yeah. that a good thing or a bad thing? I know you were busy with the book. You and your wife were busy working. Right. But but you saw the women's final, right? Yeah, sure did. And they were they're they're the pros. They're the pros of that sport of, of their area. And so um, that was really fun to watch because uh, women's sports are always just a, a just a shade slower than the men's sports. And so you, it's not like it's this frenzied. You can you can almost see the play developing, and and with hockey. The fun part of that was, especially in the final, was that there were breakaways, which almost never happens in the NHL. Right. Uh, but uh, like way open ice for uh, the players to to go go in, and so it's it was in a way kind of more wide open than the men's. But I I can't I there are a lot of people that don't like it that that the NHL didn't go into the Olympics and and I can absolutely see that you want to see your best players in the Olympics but uh you know for me the uh last phase ship also has an international tournament in it and it's got the all the games you know it is sort of the the last hurrah of the uh, hockey in Borschland and so it's this big international tournament and the team that Borschland sends to this international tournament for a lot of different reasons is a young team. And so they're more like the college players, more like the Lake Placid 1980-type players than mm -hmm. all of the professionals. And, and that, that's what kind of made it a fun team for me, that it, it wasn't just you know, all these kind of grizzled veterans who are just trying to get the job done. There are a lot of uh, young guys uh, trying to, uh, you know, just have fun and, and see, what's, see what's going on in, in an international tournament. And it kind of becomes serious in a lot of ways. You so, know, that, that makes sense, too. I, I got to tell you, um, I, 
I was one of those guys that was actually happy that the amateurs are back uh-huh. for a couple of reasons. One, my greatest memory of any Winter Olympics was watching the 1980 Lake Placid team with my grandfather. I enjoyed watching that with him. That was something that we loved to do. He's not here with us now, but mm. it's hard for me to watch the hockey because he's not here. But mm. that was fun. Mike Ruzioni and Jim Craig, mm-hmm. we got to know who these people are, Ramsey and those mm-hmm. kids, and Herb Brooks, the coach. And, right. and they became like these larger-than-life figures, like Sherm Reinhardt in Borschland. I mean, these kind of things. Did, and you remember that, uh, 1980, right? Absolutely. That yeah. was awesome. That's I all mean, we talked about in school. You're, I'm 53. You don't have to tell me your age. But, I mean, <laughs> we, all we did was talk about that. Yeah, I got you beat by a couple of years. But Okay, so you know what I mean then. Yeah, no, I mean, I'll just I'll just tell you my story from that year. Awesome. Which was that everybody was you know excited about the hockey, but we we knew that the Soviets were the favorites and it was going to take a lot to beat them. Uh, and they were we were in the I think it was a semifinal game was that game. And I was with my friend at the time, just kind of knocking around during the day. And the game was on tape delay. Uh, it, it wasn't live where we were anyway. Right. And so we're just going to watch it um, on tape delay. And we came, I came, we came into the house just before the game started. And I, I asked the mom, his the, the, the guy's mom, uh, so don't tell me what happened. And she goes, they lost. And I was, you know, I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, why did you do that, first of all? But second of all, it makes perfect sense. They lost. That's the way it goes. Right. And so she went off into a different part of the house. We watched the game, and I was waiting for them to lose. And it was like 2-2, two, 3-3, two, three, three, you know, and then they went up 4-3. And I was like, okay, gosh, wow, this, the Soviets are going to have to win this game pretty fast. This is getting down really uh, to the last few seconds of the game right and they were still ahead and then of course they won the game and i realized as you know the clock the clock was ticking down that she decided to mess with us the mom (laughs) and this is something that you wouldn't think this mom is just like a regular old person she would never like play a prank on you anything like that but i guess she decided she wanted to uh, just have some fun with us that day and I was just, I couldn't believe it because she had told me they had lost. Right. Right. And so, and then of course, winning the game against the Soviets was an amazing thing. So that was probably the most surprised and just stunned that I've ever been in any athletic situation. Do you believe in miracles? Al Michaels. Yep. And, and yeah. I, my show, I used to start it when I first started doing this show. I started with those announcements. Maybe you remember this. I, I started with all these announcer clips. And, mm. and the Al Michaels one was one of them that I did. And, and now I I don't do any of that anymore. Everything's changed. Everything's been branded, all that foolishness. <laughs> like I'm trying to do with Borslin is branded. But Sherm Reinhardt, was, to me, he seemed like that Mike Arruzzioni figure who tried to wanted to play pro hockey in the NHL but didn't. And found mm. his niche and found that way where Erosioni was the Olympic star who never really played much after that minor league hockey. Sherm never made it to the NHL either. 
And, and I kind of saw a kind of contrast between the two, a correlation, if you will. I think that seemed to ring true to me. What about, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I got my, I cut my teeth on hockey, on international hockey in the 70s. Right. And I wanted uh, to have a world where, because at, at the time, hockey was about fights. You know, mm -hmm. the old thing, you know, I went to a fight and a hockey game broke out. Right, yep. And, and that, I never liked that because I think of hockey as being this really graceful, beautiful game uh, with a lot of strategy and a lot of skill. Mm -hmm. And what I liked about the international hockey in the 70s was that in Europe, the, the rinks were bigger. And so skating was at a premium. And it wasn't like you just kind of held and clinched, you know, ragged the puck or threw it into the, the zone and kind of tried to stuff it in somehow. Uh, skating and passing was a big deal. And so I liked that. And so when I created Borschland, I made that type of hockey the hockey that they play. So they have penalties, of course, and now and then they'll fight. Uh, little preview, they, there is a little fight in the, uh, in the tournament in the last spaceship. But um, it, I like hockey that's free-flowing, skating, passing, beautiful. And the, the fights, you know, now and then, uh, not, not, not a bad thing, but... Um, I'd rather have the the free flow of the game. So that's I got I got hooked on hockey through uh, watching those international games and then the Olympics. Well, you know that's that's I when I was in Greece, the it was hard for me to watch the NHL because I had the NBA and all of it was at the same time. I was if you remember, I was doing my show at that time. It was like two yeah. in the morning, and, and I couldn't get any of those things done. It was hard to watch. But um, I used to watch the uh, Finnish league. I had at the resort, the owner and the general manager put a satellite dish back there for me so I could watch what I wanted to. Because back then it wasn't scrambled. In Greece, they don't scramble the signals. And anyway, there's ways around it. I, I'm, I, I'm not going to sit here and lie about it. And I used to watch the Finnish league. And I get what you're saying. The rink is bigger. Sure it is. But they don't fight as much. I like the good fight occasionally, but you know we don't need any bench clearing brawls, and these guys skate like crazy, and it's a lot of fun to watch if you really enjoy hockey. It's it's different than the NHL. I wouldn't say it's better or worse, but it's different and it's enjoyable. So was the NHL. So yeah, book number three in the can. What's next for you? Well, I have um, my day job is I'm a teacher of middle school. And so I've been, that's the reason why the four years went by in between the, the book two and book three, because I've, I've been writing books for my middle schoolers. Um, right. I've been writing fantasy books uh, for, in uh, ancient Rome. And so the, I had these uh, books come out that are kind of like Harry Potter and ancient Rome, uh, spells, uh, Latin language, Latin grammar spells, and um, kind of um, history and hopefully fun stories. And, and I want to get um, the third book of that one finished before the end of the year. Okay. Uh, that is, uh, I think that's more commercially viable for sure. There's a lot more kids out there that I think would uh, read those books. So 
it's, you know, I'm not, it's not all sports, uh, but um, I, whatever comes to me, I write. And my students tend to like this, this series. So I want to, I want to finish the series up, this third series, the book of the series. But uh, after, after Borschland, we're going to go to Bearland and absolutely, maybe it'll be a series of short stories. We'll see. I'll just uh, have to see what the muse brings me. I think so. I, I wish you all the best. Thanks for coming on the show with me, dude. Certainly, Phil. It was a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. Just hang in there. I want to talk to you after the show, okay? Absolutely. Folks, David Frauenfelder is a fantastic human being, first of all. He's, second of all, a tremendous author. Captured me with Skater in a Strange Land. And then he really hooked me with the second book in this trilogy called Skater and the Saint. And this third book, I really don't want to read it because I know it's going to be the last one, but it's called The Last Phase Shift. And, of course, as soon as he sends it to me, uh, don't call me because I'll be reading this on my phone and wherever. you got to get out there and get it. The link will be in the show notes. You can find him at Amazon.com and, and his website. David, what is your website again? It's breakfastwithpandora.com. Breakfastwithpandora.com, and you might... Notice some Greek things in there. I'll tell you, I wish you all the best, my friend. Good luck with the books. And, well, I hope you come back and talk about the next next series with me. Thank you very much, Phil. All the best to you as well. Thank you. That was David Frauenfelder. And you can get these books, and I hope that you do. I'll tell you what, tomorrow, coming up, we're going to talk Spurs basketball. J.R. Wilco will be in the house. And then coming up later in the week, Sherm, not Sherm from Borsland, although I wish Sherm from Borsland would show up, but he's not going to. Instead, it's Sherm from Thunderland. Welcome to LoudCity.com, so you can bet your Vippy you better tune in. Until next time, you all take care of yourselves. Be good, and most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you.